As many of you know, this podcast was just a 4 a.m. idea in preparation for a school project. Now it is a way that I get to spread my voice and help other teens create the best habits for their life. I want to hear your voice too. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's all the tools you need in the app or on their website. And my favorite part is that Anchor distributes your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You can make money from your podcast too. It's everything you need. And all you have to do is go to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. I can't wait to listen to your podcast. Welcome to the Fashion Your Passion podcast, your one-stop shop to finding your passion and living it out right now. I'm your host, Sammy Beatrice, a college student and passion coach committed to helping you, whether you're in school or working a nine-to-five, Find your passion that you can do every single day and help you love your life a little bit more because of it. On this podcast, you will hear from successful guests as well as solo episodes from your host all about tips on how to find your passion and how to implement it into your life even when you feel like you don't have enough time to. Let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have a super inspirational guest, a father, author, inspirational speaker, worldwide mentor, Eric Jones Jr. is on the podcast with me today. Eric, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you for having me on. Yes, of course. I'm doing well. Can you just give my listeners a little bit more about who you are as a person and what it is exactly that you do? All right. So like you said, my name is Eric Jones Jr. I was born with a physical disability where my arms are shorter than everyone else. So out the gates, you know, I had something going on. And then growing up, I dealt with a lot of being bullied, stuff of that sort. So growing up, like I didn't understand who I was until I got older. That's when I became a speaker. That's when I became an author. That's when I became a basketball coach and mentor just from not just from being born that way, but the obstacles and through life. That's how I got to where I'm at right now. Yeah, for sure. Can you start and just sort of go through your journey of life, we'll call it, and just sort of talk about how you like what your experience was throughout school, you know, and just dive deep into that and talk a little bit about what you did to sort of persevere through it all. All right. So like I said, I was born with a disability. So from the age of six months till I was 17 years old, I had surgery. So I had over 16 different surgeries. My very first surgery, probably the craziest surgery, six months, they they couldn't find a vein. So they had to cut my leg open. They still couldn't find a vein. So they had to put the IV in my manhood. So this is all while I'm just a little baby. So my mom, you know, she's like, oh, my goodness, what's going on? But she said after every surgery I had, I was always calm. So as I grew up, my biological father, he was kind of ashamed of the way that I looked. He kind of like blamed my mom. He kind of sheltered me with wearing long sleeves, even when it was summertime. So I didn't realize from him doing that, that hindered me as I got older. And I'll talk about that as, you know, as I get there. But he passed away when I was four years old. He had cancer. So lost my dad dealing with having a physical disability. I'm going to physical therapy at a, and I was like three or four just to see if I could go to school with quote unquote normal kids. We lived, me and my mom lived in the projects at this time. And then she 
dated my dad, my mom, I mean, my sister's dad. And then they got together, got married. We moved into a house right around from a school. So we lived in a neighborhood and the neighborhood was cool, but it was predominantly white people in the neighborhood. It's like, we weren't like super, we were like the middle class area. It still wasn't like we moved that far away from where like my friends and people I grew up with live. We just lived in a different area. So dealing with, you deal with a little, I dealt with a little racism as a kid, not too much because everybody was cool. Like we got babysitted by people. I was friends with everybody. It just, you had those one or two people. So even with that, they would be mean and bully me, talk about my arms, try to fight. And it took to one of my friends taught me how to joke. Like, you know, cause everybody have jokes and they always want to joke on the kid with the short arms. And once he taught me how to joke, it was like, oh, they ready to fight. Oh, what you ready to fight for? You know, you, you thought you was going to joke on me and you thought it was going to be easy because my arms are short, but my brain works. And I, for some reason, my whole life, people kind of, because my arms are a certain way, I, I can't think a certain way or I can't do something a certain way. Or I shouldn't say stuff a certain way. And I'm like, no, I'm a man. I'm a human just like you. We bleed the same. So when I realized that, like, I'm on the same low, I just look different than them. I just have a little struggle with, like, if I got to ride a bike, I got to make sure the handlebars are different. Or if I'm opening something, you know, stuff of that sort. So just going to school, I didn't like school. Me and school weren't friends. I didn't, you know, I was like, no, nah, I ain't really on school. So going through school, I was a class clown, you know, still dealing with bullying and stuff like that. So my grandfather, he passed away when I was 16. That took a toll on me. He's like my best friend. Like I, I was with him all the time. Every day I spoke to him. So when that happened, school really took a turn. And I started, I had to take night school. I had to take regular school. My mom was like, she had to take me to the path. My pastor was like, hey, you need to talk to him because I was going down the wrong path. And he talked to me and she was, she was crying and she was like, all I want you to do is graduate. So I graduated high school, but I graduated with a 1.7. So I barely made it through, you know what I'm saying? But I made it through. And throughout this time, one thing that gave me confidence, I kind of skipped over it because I didn't want to long the story, but basketball, like I learned how to play basketball. So throughout life, I always had that. That was kind of my safety net. Like if I'm on the basketball court, I didn't see myself was the kid with the short arms. I see myself as equal to everybody else. So when I once I learned how to dominate on the court, that helped me like in in life. So as I got older, went to college, two time dropout. Like I said, I didn't like school, but my mom said you gotta stay home, get a job, or you can go to college. A college accepted me, I'm gone. So throughout this time, I had to understand that. There, like obstacles came as a kid. So when obstacles came as an adult, it wasn't as hard because I already went through it. Like in high school, I had to get surgery on my right hand and I was predominantly right. So in the middle of my junior year, I had to learn how to write with my left hand. So when you're going, when you're going through stuff, you gotta, you gotta be calm. Like I said before, my mom was like, after every surgery, I was calm. Like I wasn't frantic. And like, she couldn't really be like, oh my God. She's like, okay, he just had the surgery. He good, so I can be good. So even when you're going through stuff, you got to be calm because that helps you think about it. Like, okay, my arms are short, but what can I do to succeed in life? And I always knew I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to be a worker. Even though I've had jobs, like now I'm going into the entrepreneur field. I never wanted to be a worker. 
Like I always like, I, I want to do something for myself. And so the first thing I did was I started speaking. And that's when I realized God put me on this earth because I could walk in my shoes, but I'm able to tell my story. Everybody wouldn't have been able to walk in my shoes and been able to tell their story. And I didn't realize that until I was like 30. Like, oh, okay, God, this, this is what you had planned for me. So I went through all this wicked, whack craziness to get here. And the first time I spoke, people were like, oh, my God, your story is amazing. And I, like, I left the impact. And I was like, oh, I like to do it. And I talk all the time anyways. I asked my mom, when, it's like, when I was a kid, what would you think I was going to be? She's like, I don't know. Something with talking because you would never shut up. So I'm like, okay. So when I started speaking, you know, when you go down the lane, other opportunities happen. So at the time, like my son, I have a son that I made. Then I have a daughter that's a bonus daughter. So she wanted to play basketball and she was like, we coach. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, I'm cool. Like, so I coached. We had a good season. And my nephew played on the team. It was co-ed. He was like, hey, man, you trying to coach the, the boys? And I'm like, yeah. So that's how, like, the coaching started. Just from wanting to be, show my daughter I'm a good dad to her. And then it turned out to me coaching and winning championships. I haven't been coaching in a while kind of because of COVID. But I love coaching because I love basketball. I'm a little older and my knees don't work like they used to. So I'm good with coaching and not playing. I definitely play with my son. He's sick, so I got to make sure my knees stick around for a while because he can't beat me at like an early age. So that's how I got with basketball. And then just from me being me and seeing kids like going through something or they acting up, their parents send them to me. And then other teams' parents were sending their kids. So I was like, let me start a mentor program. And that's, you know, I started that. It was kind of like the connection with basketball. It's like, oh, you want to hoop? Yeah, all right. But your grades got to be all right. Your mama better not call me and tell me you acting up. Like, so it was like, you can play basketball, but there's rules and regulations that you got to abide by if you want to play on this team. So it wasn't like I was just, all right, you can play basketball. I'm going to come talk your head off. No, I was, you know, actually showing them. And then that's how I became a mentor in Nigeria because someone seen me on Instagram speaking and they were like, I want you to come talk. I want you to not come, but come talk to my boys through this app. And that's how I did that. And then someone told me to write. Like, you you remember I said I graduated with 1.7. Now, I what English, writing, reading, that's not my thing. If you read my text message, you're going to be like, um, what is he talking about? So I wrote, I wrote a chapter in a book with five other authors about like a summary about our life. And that was cool to me because I didn't have to write. I got to talk. I got to, you know, how you talk and then they script it out for you. So I didn't even have to write. So when I learned that, I'm like, okay, I can do that. And just like I was scared, like you can be scared, but still do it. You don't want to like in life, like you see an opportunity or you want to do something different than what your parents did or what your friends are doing, but you're scared, but just go do it and see what happened. Like, and we were like a bestseller. I'm like, I'm a bestseller and I can't read that well, or I can't write that well. I don't know when to put a comma or semicolon or whatever, but I'm an author. So you got to look at your life and say, what do I want to do? Or what do I need to do along this journey? The part, the book was part of the journey. It's not something like that I thought about it, like I put on a goal. So you got to understand that some stuff you have to do might not be stuff that you actually think you have to do, but it's something you need to do to help you build revenue, build an audience, maybe check something off the list that you can say that you've done. And then my son, he's sick. So He's albino, and then I have a physical disability. So 
we both fashionable. We both can dress with the best of them. So when I first started entrepreneur one of my close friends, he does clothes. So that kind of, that was where I got the idea. I seen somebody that's doing what I, where I'm from looks like me. So I started that. I started wanting to do that and it was closed, but I stopped doing that. So now me and my son have a business and it's good to like, I do all the work. He just the boss. So I get to show him, you know, the process. I get to show him the different stuff. And then I started a podcast. And with the podcast, that's just me talking. That's just me talking, giving some advice, letting people know who Eric is. And that's about it. So that's kind of like my story. It's a lot more to it, but I know I had to summarize it up for you. No, that was truly, truly amazing. And I thank you for sharing that because there are so many aspects of that that I definitely want to pull out. And I think it takes courage when people, you know, share their story and it takes courage to really come to terms with like what has happened in, in one's life. So so thank you for that. I want to touch on, like I said, a few things. But first, I want to touch on sort of like what obviously you've had a bunch of obstacles throughout your life that you sort of have to deal with. But like, what was sort of like your mental health like throughout school or even after school? When you sort of, you had that 1.7 GPA, you know, you dropped out of college. Like what, what happened with that? So like, cause I was, this is crazy. Cause I was really thinking about it yesterday. I was having to talk with myself. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about like how sometimes you don't really love yourself. But as a kid, I love myself. Like I, it wasn't like, I'm from a small town. So everybody knew everybody. So it was, you know, even though I had those bullying moments. I mean, everybody goes through stuff, you know, as a kid, but as a kid, I didn't really, I had moments because I did try to, I attempted to commit suicide at at two times at seven and 10. So that's when, you know, I was depressed. You don't really talk about it. Ain't no counseling going on. Just in like my community, it's not, that's not looked upon or even talking about your problems isn't looked upon. So in those moments I was down but I love myself and I, I was pretty good. But then like when my grandfather died, that kind of shook me up because that was like my homie. Like I talked to him every day. So after that life, you know, I'm hanging out, drinking, skipping school. I'm just doing stuff that everybody else doing. I wasn't really doing stuff for myself. So I would say it was decent as a younger kid. But as I got a teenager, it kind of changed. And then as an adult, I really realized I didn't love myself for the long like I. I haven't loved myself maybe for a long time as an adult, like actually like love myself to where I can hang out with myself all day and actually go do stuff, not hang out and just sit in the house. So I realized, okay, I'm in that season of isolation. So I have to, I'm in that season of, I got to love myself. So that's kind of where my mental health aspect was through a kid, a teenager, and then kind of an adult. Yeah. And that is, that's totally valid because obviously, like I said before, you went through a lot. And I think that obviously when people who support you and and who are there for you always aren't there for you anymore, it becomes really tough to sort of uh, move on in life and function the way you used to function. So what was sort of like, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to piece it all together, right? So obviously like in school, like when you were young, it was good. And then middle school and high school, like obviously there were kids who who didn't really understand sort of what you had going on. And then you went to college because pretty much that's what society says you're supposed to do. And then you dropped out and then you sort of opened up 
like you sort of went into the entrepreneur field. What did you did you hop into entrepreneurship right away after college, or what sort of happened there? So after college, like life was hard as heck. Mm-hmm. Like you're an adult. It ain't no mom, dad still help. It's you got to figure it out. So the second time when I dropped out, I think I moved to where I live now in Indianapolis. I was living with friends, sleeping on a friend's couch, trying to figure out just, we we both kind of trying to figure out life. And I had to go back home. Like it was like, I ain't nothing happening. Ain't no jobs. Cause as an adult, as an adult and teenager, only way I've got jobs is by knowing someone or someone knowing me and knowing, oh, he's a good worker. He would be like, I ain't just going in a job. And they hiring the dude with short arms. They just don't. It's just like, I realized that and I accepted it. And that's kind of what made me think of entrepreneurship. But I was young. I was in my 20s. I was having fun. I didn't care about life. I'm hanging out here. I could date whoever. Like, that's how it was until I was like 25. And then my cousin was like, hey, you could come stay with us and watch the boys. And I'm like, what? Watch the boys? So I was like a man. I wasn't a nanny. I was a manny, but I had a job. And but it, in that season that I was in, I was saving money. I was learning how to be a man because my cousin was older than me. So he's like in his 30s. So he was teaching me stuff that I still remember to this day. And just seeing him being married to my cousin, I got to see the family aspect. So that kind of stuck with me until I, you know, I got to being ready for that. So after that point, I moved with my friend. And I, I got a, I got warehouse job and I kept getting warehouse jobs and I was, you know, decent. I had money. So I ended up with my son's mother. We start dating. Then I got with her. She ended up getting me a job. And that's kind of from how old, 27 to 32, 33. So a couple, two years ago, we, we got a divorce. So I was with her and then, so she had a daughter already. So I had to kind of be father figure. So that helped me mature a little bit. Then my son came along. And when my son came along, that's when the entrepreneur, like, I got to do something different. Because my dad died when I was four. I, and to be honest with you, I was I was scared to make it to 27. Because that's when he died. I, like, I thought, like, whatever happened to him was going to happen to me. So I was scared to even get older. So once my son was born, I was working. I had a job. Because my mom always told me, she said, when you have a kid, you better have a full-time job with benefits. And I had that at that time. So that's when I started speaking. And then I was like, I can really do this. I'm re-, and people was like, you good. I just didn't have the structure. I was like, you know, I'm raw. I'm a raw speaker. I just go out. I don't. So that's what I've been learning. And so once I figured that out, it was like, oh, this is what I want to do. And then I started seeing the different doors that open with it. But to really what had me to do entrepreneurship, quick story. I was 30, went to Atlanta, guys trip. So, you know, it's your 30th birthday, you know, it's turn up. So we turned up, I turned up a little too much and I missed my flight. So my girl, she's my girlfriend. She was my wife at the time. She was hot because my birthday is around Mother's Day and Mother's Day was the next day. She invited my mom to come visit us two hours away from where my mom lived. I wasn't there. My mom was like, you good. You only turned 30 once. So I'm like, bet. So I couldn't leave until Tuesday. It was Sunday. So like I said earlier, my buddy, he's been, he started making clothes. He started making hats. So, you know, we have fun Sunday. He was like, all right, it's Monday morning. We got to get the business. So you got, you here, you got to roll with me. And so he going to thrift shops. He doing all this different stuff. And I'm like, 
I like what he's doing and I can do that. And so that's when I started the entrepreneur light went on like, ding, you can do this. It was closed at the time, but that wasn't what I meant for my, my purpose is to speak. And so that's how I really got into entrepreneurship by missing my flight and my 30th birthday. That's crazy, you know, because people have this story where it's like, oh, yeah, I just sort of researched it and then I went for it. But you really have like this like moment where you were like, you know what, like, let me do this. And I find that so inspiring. So when you first like started it out, then actually let's backtrack. Sorry. When you sort of had those suicide attempts at seven and at at 10, like, How did you bounce back from it? How did you get back into society and say, you know what? I'm safe. I'm okay. I can sort of move on with my life. To be honest, it was basketball. Because like at seven, I think I was second grade. In second grade, I was bad. I just was like, but people was like, I was just like stealing from the teacher. I was bad. Like regardless of what I looked like, I was just the bad, like I was doing bad stuff. And it just was a lot going on. And that was the first time. But then as 10, I was like fourth, fifth grade. And I was good in basketball. Like, because I don't know, I just was able to, I practiced every single day. I got in trouble a lot. So I was grounded. So I used to play in my room on the back, on the um, back of the door. But basketball, what it was, it's like, I can, dom- like, people knew me as a hooper. Like my people don't know me now. Cause I haven't been there since I've been like 18 really. But in my hometown, people, my age, Oh yeah, Eric, the hooper, he can shoot. Like that's what I was known for. So that kind of helped me like, all right, that's what I got going for me. I can hoop. I wanted to be in the NBA and I just, I just love basketball. So that kind of like saved me. I did. I think I've done a, a podcast. I've done a video about it. Like basketball saved me like for real, for real, because I realized like on the basketball court, Everybody treat me normal because I can do, I'm good at something. So I just had to be good at something and people would respect me and like me for that. And I was good at joking. So like they knew me as like, oh, he going to roast with you, but he can hoop too. That was kind of my things when I was younger. No, and I love that because I think it, it is a real testament to the sort of the reason this podcast exists because I'm on a journey to help others sort of find that thing that brings them light every single day. And for you, that was basketball. For you, when you were playing basketball or even like nowadays coaching basketball, you know, you sort of have that extra energy in you and you feel like safe and okay. And so I really think that it that's something to highlight because not everyone who is struggling right now sort of has that thing. So what would be your biggest piece of advice to someone who is struggling, is not really doesn't really feel like they're fitting in that well um with the people around them? You ain't gotta fit in. Be you. Like that's it. Just be you. Whoever you are, whatever you like to do, because guess what? There's other people that like to do what you like to do. It might not be the people that you grew up with, because guess what? You, you might be their friend because your they parent your parents is friends, and y'all was forced to be friends, and then you just started liking to do stuff. So just be you. I had to learn like that for myself. Just be me, and when you're able to be you, you're free, and you like your friends might call you, be like, "Hey, you trying to go out? No, I don't, don't want to go out," and you you don't feel bad about it. So just be you, and do what you love to do, and don't be ashamed of what other people are going to say to you. Who cares? Be you because everybody else is being them. Yes, for sure. And I agree because when you are yourself, like you 
find your true friends and not just people who just want to be friends with you for what you aren't. And so I think that's very important. Before we roll into the final question of the podcast, this has been an amazing, amazing conversation. And I want people to be able to find you elsewhere on the web. So where can they do that? Instagram, Eric Jones Jr. Speaks. Twitter, Eric Jones Jr. Speaks. LinkedIn, Eric Jones Jr. Speaks. It's a Jones Thing podcast. I have my own podcast on all platforms, iHeartRadio, Apple, Google, whatever you listen to your podcast on, you can check me out. My clothing line, Christian Dewan, ChristianDewan.com. We have a Christian Dewan Facebook and Instagram. And I think that's everything. Yes. And everything will be linked down below. Let's roll into the final question of the podcast, which is a question that I've asked every single guest who has ever been on the podcast. And that is based off of the title of the podcast, which is Fashion Your Passion. What is one tip that you would give those who are dreaming based off of how you have fashioned your passion? Do it with your heart. Mm. Whatever you do, do it from the heart. Mm -hmm. And that don't mean. Like that means when stuff gets hard, when you're when maybe your sales ain't going or maybe this ain't working, you got to have that heart to to keep going. And that's how I've got through life. Like my slogan is you can measure my arms, but you can't measure my heart. It's like you got to you got to do it with your heart. And if 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 you do it with your heart, you're going to love what you do. And then you're going to give everything that you got plus more. Yes. For sure. 100%. Thank you so much, Eric, for coming on the show today. For those of you listening, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. Screenshot you listening to this episode and tag Eric and I on Instagram and let us know one thing you learned from this episode. And I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Fashion Your Passion podcast. I hope you learned something from this episode. And if you did, don't forget to screenshot you listening to this episode, post on your Instagram story, and tag me at Fashion Your Passion Podcast. I love hearing what you learned. As well, do not forget to scroll down and leave a rating and review. I love to read those too and know what you guys are thinking about the podcast. Be sure to tell all of your friends about this podcast because I want to spread this to as many teens as possible. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you guys next week.